Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? It is the start of the 2017 NFL Draft recap portion of our calendar. I am Kyle Krabs, the Director of Scouting at NDT Scouting, and I am joined by the 2017 Huddle Report Mock Draft Champion, um, Joe Marino. I, I think there's probably some fine print in his contract where... Uh, he's he's getting a an ownership stake now, so I'm sweating a little bit. I'm, uh, he can't win too many of these, and otherwise I'm going to be handing over the keys to the castle here. Man, I like that. Uh, you get to take the lead every time now, and you can introduce me for the next oh, year as geez. the... <laughs> We're going to have to have no, man, special was... guests on to do the intros then. Yeah, no, hey, that was super cool, man. Glad to represent us. You did, you did a bang-up job there finishing, what... 14th, 15th, something like that? Yeah, it was 14th out of, what the, I think there were like 95 entrants this year. So uh, this was the first year yeah, I was in. no a, shame in that. No, I, you know, this was a rookie season for me. I hadn't done the Huddle Report contest before. So yeah, uh, you're a seasoned vet, correct? Seasoned vet, year three. Finished sixth my first year. I don't like to talk about last year and then took home the crown this year. Well, you just blacked out last year, so. I don't know what happened, yeah, but, know. but you blacked it's, out, so it doesn't count. Um, yeah, yeah so so for those who are listening in, we hope you had the chance to listen in for our actual NFL draft coverage uh, this year. It was something new for us. Uh, we had never had the opportunity to do anything like what we did this past year, uh, which was we did live streams from Phoenix. We went to FanRag Sports offices in Phoenix, and they put us in the studio. It was me, Joe, and John Owning, and we live-streamed the first and second days uh, on the air. Uh, Joe, how do, you, uh, how do you keep your giggles <laughs> under control uh, on the air when you can't do it uh, when we're recording videos it's, off, yeah, it's off the it... live aspect? 
it's because I can't see your face. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> For yeah, those... I have much more maturity when I'm just looking at the wall or whatever, my dog, you know, recording this podcast with you. But when I'm in the room with you, Kyle, <laughs> I can't get it together, man. So for those of you who may have missed it, uh, you can still find the archives over on the website. Oh, thank you, thank you. Let's point it right so, over to them. Yeah. So uh, swing on over. It's We ended up being live on the air for nine hours on Thursday and Friday. So it was an absolute blast. Uh, but what we're referring to is Joe uh, has had a couple of fits of laughter, and he only really had one on the air uh, when somebody slipped and uh, called someone by the wrong name. And and Joe completely lost his mind. And then on Saturday, we're trying to record videos. And Joe, uh, what set you off? Was it my hiccup? You know, I, I talked no. through a hiccup, right? <laughs> it, it was the pattern of turning your head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, so yeah. Joe can't look at me. And then I look at him because that's what you do when you're talking to someone. <laughs> and uh, Joe was just delirious. And it... it I have confirmed, Joe, there is a blooper reel. Oh, uh, no. It does exist. Okay, so, well, the, we'll have that to look forward to. We definitely have that to look forward to. I got problems, you know. So, Joe, before we dig in today, we're going to do uh, a couple of players who we thought were the best picks in the draft. Um, just kind of curious what your reactions were coming off the broadcast and uh, you know, the any overarching themes for you in this draft that stood out, uh, not necessarily for the picks, but for, for us and the things that we were able to do. Yeah, I think it was a nice, um, it was a nice barometer, right? We went into this thing. They had approached us right after the senior bowl about bringing us in to do live coverage of the draft. And nobody really understood what we could achieve. Right. So we, the prep that went into, you know, the written side of things on FanRag Sports and then the, you know, the nearly 10 hours of video probably it probably was 10 hours when you count all the day three ones that we went back and did. Yeah. You know, just it's a, it's an undertaking that it's hard to describe uh, because it, it's one thing to say, oh, we did 10 hours of video without ever having done 10 hours of video. You know, you don't know what that stamina is like and, you know, being sharp for that long. And maybe we weren't sharp for certain periods, but we had a good time. And uh, I think, you know, we have a lot of great people uh, that were in the production side of things and a lot of great leadership at FanRag Sports. And we really, I think, far surpassed the expectations. And so now we've got an idea of, of what we're capable of and really excited about what we can do to make 2018 even better and uh, really, really challenge what we thought was an excellent, excellent uh, three days. Yeah, this was kind of a foundational thing for us. And, you know, Joe, as you said, I've never sat on live and talked live about the draft for four. Like, I can do it. Like, you and I get on a record a 20-minute podcast we're on – on for 90 minutes together. It's not, it's not a problem to talk about it, but uh, to be a be an on-camera presence and uh, to be able to to facilitate constant analysis and uh, just 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 work your way through the the draft and you know you, you always listen to people either commentating sporting events or something like the NFL draft and. Uh, you think, oh, I can do that, and it's it's first of all, it's really cool for me to now be able to say I, I did that, but at the same time, it, it gives me a whole another appreciation for the folks that do it 
at the elite level, and it's uh, I'm already looking forward to Joe, you and I getting the chance to do it again next year and take another step towards us being able to do it at that elite level. Yeah, yeah, we're we're working on it, and um, really appreciate everyone that listened and has commented, and um, even if you're mean, yeah, there's some there, there are some, some ugly. <laughs> ugly collateral in the comments yeah. on youtube yeah i came home to a mad girlfriend she didn't like all those mean comments so holy um, cow yeah yeah i'm good i'm gonna have a little therapy this week and no no we're good it was funny <laughs> we laughed them all off i promise you we don't take ourselves that seriously and really i think some of the biggest laugh we had for for the from the entire weekend was uh you know just maybe driving to dinner after you know 16 hours in the studio uh and uh looking back at those and just laughing our asses off at things that people say that in no way shape or form would ever happen in a real life situation but uh you know since it's the internet everyone's got keyboard muscles you know sometimes kyle's just a bitch on the left you know (laughs) wow you're gonna bring it up huh okay yeah so um first of all i want to know i thought they said cameras were supposed to make you Gained ten pounds. Yeah, uh, I I was called a skinny nerd. Uh, do a push up. All of us were told we can't do any push ups. Right. And um, yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm sure you're just really glad to be rid of all that dead weight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Let's talk about the 2017 NFL draft. Now that it is over uh, today, Joe and I have each kind of zeroed in, dialed in on uh, various selections which stand out to us as really excitable great value um and i'm i'm looking not necessarily at first round guys i think you could you could talk about every pick we we did for nine hours so go check it out (laughs) um but just some highlights for me as far as in varying ranges of the draft uh great values that were able to be had joe i'm gonna let you take your first one first and lead us off yeah so uh, Kyle definitely just said that he's not going to focus on first round guys, but there's one that stands out to me in the first run that I w- first round that I wanted to mention here, and and it's not Reuben Foster. <laughs> I know I could have done that, but I'm going to go with a different Alabama player. <clears throat> excuse me, and that is OJ Howard, the tight end. Um, I have been doing mock drafts for oh six months on this class, and every time I got to the Bucks pick, it was always an easy place to slot one because I just felt like what that offense needed was to get what they were hoping they would get from Austin Safarian Jenkins. And obviously that didn't work out. Uh, so, you know, I was pegging them, David and Joku, who's a really nice prospect. And I really thought that would be a nice uh, weapon for, for Jameis Winston. I never, never did I imagine that O.J. Howard would be there for the taking. And he's my number one tight end, my number four player in the class, and he goes uh, 19 overall to Tampa Bay. And so when you get a top five player uh, right there almost at the 20th pick, you know, that's tremendous value. I think that O.J. Howard's going to bring so much to that offense in terms of his blocking. I talk all the time about how great of a blocker he is and how much space he's going to create for his teammates, but then also the receiving threat where this is a size-speed mismatch that nobody in the NFL really has the physical attributes to line up with. So I get really excited about how he rounds out that Tampa Bay skill set that includes – or the opens that includes you know the Mike Evans and the Deshaun Jackson and you know Doug Martin and Charles Sims. 
well, now you have O.J. Howard and you have Jameis Winston who can put it on these guys. And I like the prospects of this Bucks offense and the value that they got with O.J. Howard at 19. Yeah, no doubt. A, a player that for a long time was widely considered to be you know, a top 10, tw- top 12 target. So I'm sure Tampa Bay's thrilled to have him. Uh, my first player I want to showcase is uh, a, an early second-round selection that a team traded up for. We saw a ton of trades in the first 10 picks in the second round, which you kind of figured that you would, knowing how deep the class is. Teams are going to have players that they still have first-round grades on, still on the board. Take advantage of that once you've had the chance to reassess how everybody used their picks on Thursday night. And that is Buda Baker going to the Arizona Cardinals. Really, really like... Uh, the potential and versatility that Buda Baker is going to bring to the table for the Cardinals uh, with the 36th selection. Uh, him and Matthew on the back end, uh, we talked about this some on the live broadcast, but uh, it's going to be very difficult for offensive personnel to be able to dictate in the secondary uh, who's leveraged where, where, which way are the safeties going to roll, who's in man, uh, they can disguise a lot because these are both guys that you can walk up, play into the box, uh, play forward, they've got range, they've got movement skills, and most importantly, if they have, they have that football intelligence to be able to handle and process everything as it happens right in front of their face. So, Baker, uh, I think his, his back-end skills... Uh, he might have a little more range than Matthew, so um, I think that that's somebody that's going to allow Matthew to continue to do all the things he does well playing forward, and then vice versa. Buda Baker can be complementary in those roles. Buda Baker can also roll up into the box and, and take those reps that involve either blitzing or, or filling in the the C or D gap, or, or playing man-to-man coverage in the slot. Um, Arizona, I thought, did a really nice job this year uh, adding speed to their defense. Uh, you saw them also take Hassan Reddick with the 13th overall pick. So uh, this added commitment to, to bringing in high-end Twitch athletes I think is really going to pay dividends, Joe. Uh, they came home with two players or three players in their total draft class uh, that were inside of both of our top 25s with Buda Baker, Hassan Reddick, and I believe the guy you want to talk about next, which is Dorian Johnson. Yeah, you know what? I do want to talk about Dorian Johnson, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm going to go with with a different angle here because look at what New England was able to do, and it pains me, right? I don't want to talk about the Patriots and them doing good things, obviously being a Buffalo Bills fan, but I can't deny what they were able to do. First of all, adding Brandon Cooks and adding Coney Ely and not giving up a whole lot to get those those players. But uh, the one pick that stands out so much to me with, with the Patriots draft is Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State. Uh, he is the 26th player ranked for me in the class, and they got him at 83. That's a plus 57 value based on my board. And, you know, a team that didn't really even pick till the third round, they were able to get Derek Rivers and Antonio Garcia, two players that I thought had a ton of value where they got them. But mostly what I want to talk about here is Rivers, who uh, in a defense from the pass rushing side of things that, um, you know, with Chandler Jones not being there again, and uh, they, you know, they had uh, different players that have been leaving Jamie Collins, uh, 
different other players like, uh, you know, Jabal Sheer, different players, right, that keep kind of coming in and out. And I think they've got a cornerstone for their pass rush moving forward here. And Derek Rivers uh, can really uh, be the eventual replacement for Rob Ninkovich. You know, he's kind of getting older. And, and Derek Rivers is a polished edge player that I think is a balanced skill set that can stop the run. Uh, with good attention to detail, know how to take on blocks, using the right hands, you, taking on wrong arms with the right shoulder, you know, just understanding how to keep that outside leverage and squeeze down so nice. And then the pass rushing is there where he has really good pop in his hands. Pass rush arsenal can bend and finish. And, and I think he's just a really high quality football player uh, that Bill Belichick is just going to love having on the team. And he's going to be a problem uh, for for other teams when they have to face, face New England. So I thought that was a, a great value for New England in what was a really good weekend in terms of improving their roster. Yeah, and uh, thank you for totally destroying what I thought was a wonderful segue uh, from my monologue to your monologue. With <laughs> yeah, I was. Johnson, sure. uh, you know, that looked like a surefire assist, and you clanged that thing right off the rim. And- well, I had all my all my talking points together for the Patriots, so I just couldn't you know I couldn't pull the shift. You well, know? speak, um, speak jet like crap. Yeah, I understand. You know, we're recording this on Monday night. We just each had five and a half hour flights back home from Phoenix, and uh, <laughs> we were up until four in the morning uh, celebrating our feats the night before uh, Eastern time. Of course, we were in Phoenix, so uh, if we start talking in circles, just bear <laughs> with us. Maybe slept nine hours since Wednesday. Right, no. Total. You're not kidding. Um, (laughs) Speaking of teams that we hate to give credit to, because they're usually so darn good, this was a team that picked uh, a little higher than they usually do, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, Joe. I'm no longer giving love to your Tanner Vallejo uh, addition to the Bills. Yep, Get it, it back on the table. Yeah, turnabout's fair play, my friend. So uh, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens draft class, right? Uh, first of all, the, the Chris Wormley selection for me really stands out as a plus value. Uh, he was 44 spots higher on Joe's board and 33 spots higher on my board from the, where he actually went with the 74th overall selection. Uh, but I, I, I just am really enamored with this group that the Ravens were able to put together. And uh, that, that Wormley pick really leads the charge as far as uh, with Baltimore liking to be multiple along the defensive front, with them liking to slide guys in and out. And Chris Wormley at Michigan had opportunities to play as an outside hip rusher. Uh, but not all of those were his most successful rep. That's where he's most effective in the run game. You play him inside, well, Baltimore plays four-man fronts, three-man fronts, five-man fronts. You name it, Baltimore does it. And Wormley is a piece for them that sliding him all around is really going to pay dividends. And especially looking uh, at Ty Bowser, Marlon Humphrey, Chris Wormley, and Tim Williams as defensive additions. I think they did a tremendous job overall this year, and that Chris Wormley pick was a plus value for me. He was a plus value for Joe, and I just think that's a match made in heaven. Yeah, I really, really love what the Los Angeles Chargers were able to do over the weekend. They got uh, positive value for pretty much all of their picks, and uh, 
the the two that really stand out to me are what they were able to do on the offensive line, adding Dan Feeney and Forrest Limp. Those players, as everyone knows, number 10 for Lamp and number 12 for Feeney overall on my board, they got him at 38 and 71. And I think these guys are cornerstones on the offensive line, uh, a position in an area that San Diego or Los Angeles, whatever, has um, – has struggled with is solidifying just kind of a revolving door, not a lot of consistency in some of the positions with guys going in and out injuries. And you've got a couple of guys here in Feeney and Lamp who really, you know, 50 game starters, all conference players. Uh, you know, Feeney's a big, powerful dude. Uh, no, he's not big, actually. He's a little bit small for a power guard, but he can move people. Uh, he can get out in space. He can shut down gaps as a pass blocker. And now you have Forrest Lamp, who's a technician that knows how to work body positioning and get his hands right. Right. And uh, you've got a, a, a couple of linemen. I, maybe you put one at center. Maybe you put them both as your guards. Have some position flexibility there. Uh, but um, I think these are two pieces that uh, that really are is what you know Anthony Lynn's going to need. He he needs that production from his guards. He needs that Richie Incognito type player uh, that I, I've compared Dan Feeney to. The first time I watched Dan Feeney, I said this is a Richie Incognito type player. Well, now imagine that he goes to Anthony Lynn's offense where he's been accustomed to having Richie Incognito. Uh, now that he's the head coach over in Los Angeles with, with the Chargers, so love the value uh, from those two players and and what they've done overall here to uh, surround Philip Rivers uh, again a limited window with Rivers uh, so you get him a couple cornerstones on the offensive line that are ready to come in right away and a catch point guy like Mike Williams uh, who gives him a, a bona fide number one receiver it, which is which is true when they have Keenan Allen but Keenan Allen hasn't really proven to be reliable so uh, I really like the, the Chargers overall draft particularly the two offensive linemen. Yeah it's it's funny Joe there were a couple different situations um it, during the course of the draft, and we, we we looked over each other, and it's like coach picking player that fits mold that an old player that they used to have uh, that that match being there. So that what you talked about with Coach Anthony Lynn and Dan Feeney, uh, I remember we were on the air and we had two or three occurrences of those exchanges, and we didn't connect that dot as that pick no. was placed. So. Uh, just something that really struck out to me, I think I noticed it more this year, of, of a coach or a, a staff uh, seeing a parallel between a player and us pre-recognizing that there is a parallel with that player. The, the last player that I want to talk about as a plus value, uh, and this was a very important plus value for the other team from Los Angeles, the LA Rams, Josh Reynolds, and I'll even throw in uh, Juan Price from Pittsburgh there. Because outside of that, uh, Joe, this was a class that I was not especially enamored with. They took Cooper Cup with the 69th pick, Gerald Everett with the 44th pick, uh, John Johnson in the top 100. Um, Not a lot of, as far as I'm concerned, plus value, but we'll save that for another day. Getting Josh Reynolds in the fourth round at 117, and then getting Juan Price, who at 234, uh, Joe, I know I was twice as high on Juan Price as you were, but that's still a huge plus value for both of us as far as Price brings some nice pass rush skills, some nice quickness. I think he'll be a nice niche player for the Rams. Uh, they, they have a lot of bodies there as pass rushers. Um, 
But but the Reynolds pick's important for me because uh, he's the guy that gives them some size, right? He plays bigger than he is, but he's still long. He's still got length. And Jared Goff doesn't have that. So now getting somebody on the boundary that has the ability to grow into a role in which he can be the 50-50 ball kind of player, and he's proven throughout the course of his college career that he's capable of making those contested catches in those situations, uh, is a really nice addition. I think it's a nice, low-key, under-the-radar, not for us here on this show, but going forward, fantasy owners, uh, maybe not year one, but if you start to see some life out of Jared Goff, which I'm expecting we'll see a much better year from him this year, but I still don't think uh, the infrastructure around him is there for him to be supremely successful. Um, that can, that can be a connection that I think can really grow well together. So I'm excited to see what Josh can do there in L.A. I uh, think that he has uh, some some upside there in the ability to really take the next step in his game. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to wrap here, but I want to give you one more chance. Do you want to talk about no. Tanner Vallejo? No. Yeah, Are you sure? Vallejo? Yeah. I mean, this, this is one of the best values in the class was a steal that Buffalo was able to get a hold of. I one would... of your guys, you've been preaching Tanner Vallejo up since, <laughs> since the first time you laid eyes on him yeah, over I know. the summer. That's what makes this such a hard pill to swallow. Is I'm going to hear you talk about him every week when he's Just making give me, plays. Give me 30 seconds. 30 seconds of, of Vallejo love, real quick. 30 seconds of Vallejo love. For the love. champ. For the, For the champ. champ. Okay. Now, be, <laughs> if, the, if you promise me this is the last time that you pull that nonsense and, and, <laughs> no. and say, oh, for no, the no. champ, then, then I'll do it. How's that? That I'm not willing to concede that, no. Joe, I'll, give, for... I'll give you this, okay? Uh, Buffalo had six picks, right? Okay. Uh, Vallejo, Trey White, Deion Dawkins, Nate Peterman, Isaiah Jones, and Matt Milano. Uh, I, we did not do Matt Milano. Each of the other five selections for me were in my top 100 players. Four of those oh. five were in my top 75 players. Oh, that is good, Krabs. You're welcome. That is good. I look forward to your draft recap, uh, which is coming. That's what we're doing, guys. One thing that we're doing next uh, all month long in the month of May is recapping the drafts. Kyle is going to start at the bottom of the alphabet. I am starting at the top and one per day. We're going to go through and talk about our best value, our worst value, the surprise and, and some overarching themes of each draft class. So you have that looking to look forward to over at NDT scouting as well as the rest of our staff really going to start focusing in on uh, taking a look back at this class and projecting things and, and talking about some of the fits that we really like. So we're going to really focus in on that for a, a little bit here and then hit, hit the ground running at 2018 towards the end of the month. So uh, you have a lot to look forward to with what's coming at NDT scouting.com. Uh, we are not going anywhere. So I know that 2017 draft is behind us, but we are a three time per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday production. So keep it locked in. Make sure that you are subscribed. If you have enjoyed what you've heard on the podcast, maybe you shoot us a review. Maybe something that's much kinder than what the YouTube people had to say about us. So uh, we would appreciate all your support. We're here for you. We're going to look back at this class. We're going to set the scene for 2018. And, uh, and we are fired up 
please stick with us. I know that uh, uh, that we appreciate your time in, in spending with us and giving us your ear for a few minutes a few times a week. So signing off for Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino. We'll be back again on Wednesday, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Hey, you, with a rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200-square-foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down mortgage option, my human realized a new home was within reach, and I only gave her puppy eyes once. Get your human to talk to a mortgage consultant or learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed-rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS RID 399801. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.